After Jesus appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, he showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. He said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But there the disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him for the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt to go wherever you wished. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. He may be seated. Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and from Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. Weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. These are probably the best-known words of Psalm 30, beautiful words that are a fitting chorus for our gospel reading today, this story of Jesus on the beach with the disciples. The disciples had spent a long night in darkness out on the Sea of Tiberias, or maybe better known as the Sea of Galilee, and they had nothing to show for it. They were tired, perhaps discouraged, heading for home. And they were all still living in another kind of darkness, that shadow that can be cast by guilt and shame and fear. Jesus' friends had just lived through the crisis of his crucifixion, 
And in his hour of need, many of them had walked away. Peter, who was a leader among the disciples, denied even being a disciple. He denied knowing Jesus. It was not his finest moment. The resurrection had filled Peter and the others with awe and wonder and a tentative kind of hopefulness. They were still trying to make sense of it. But there were wounds that needed healing, and there were words that needed to be spoken. Abandoning a friend in a time of need doesn't do much for that relationship, except perhaps end it. But that's not how this story goes. Jesus met them on the shore of the lake. He provided them with an abundance of fish somehow, mysteriously, miraculously. And he gathered around the simple meal he prepared for them and asked Peter a question. Do you love me? Pretty straightforward. Yes, Peter answered, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. After the third time Jesus asked, Peter responded, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I love you. Then follow me, Jesus said. I imagine that these two words, follow me, filled Peter's heart with joy. He thought his life as a disciple was over. He had blown it so badly. He'd gone back to fishing after all. But there was Jesus speaking the very same words he had spoken when this whole adventure began. There was Jesus opening up a possibility for Peter beyond his failure, beyond his sin. There was Jesus raising Peter from the dead, calling him into the resurrected life. Weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm always moved by this scene between Jesus and Peter. I find it very tender. And I learn a couple things about being a disciple that are helpful to me. Christian discipleship is more than believing in Jesus or obeying Jesus or espousing correct doctrine about Jesus. It is loving Jesus and stepping with him into the resurrected life. We do not initiate this love any more than we initiate resurrection. That's beyond us. But when we receive the mercy of God, when we allow ourselves to be embraced by it, new possibilities are created. It becomes possible for us to have a relationship with God that is not defined by our limitations or our wounds or our failures, but is defined by God's grace and God's love for us. Peter never could have become the person God called him to be if he was forever bound to his sin. If he continued living in the guilt and the shame he felt, he could have never answered this call to follow. Peter began living the resurrected life when he received the grace and mercy that Jesus so freely offered in the meal on the beach. With open hands and open heart, he stepped into the resurrection. The same was true for Paul, whose story we heard a little snippet of today. Paul, or Saul, was not just casually hostile toward Christ. He was violent toward all who followed him. But then Jesus appeared to him in this mystical vision 
and blinded him with the grace of God. Like Peter, Paul was called to the resurrected life, one not defined by his past sins, but defined by the transforming power of God's mercy. This is the mercy that you and I have received. Our stories are probably not as dramatic as Peter's and Paul's, but Christ has met us with this same life-changing grace and called us into loving relationship. Loving Jesus means letting go of our past mistakes, our regrets, even our wounds. We cannot be who God calls us to be if we are loyal to our every past sin. They are like weights around our ankles, so heavy we can't possibly follow. We experience the joy of the resurrection when we allow God's grace to take hold of us, when we follow Jesus into the life that God desires for us, a life abundant and free. I am reminded of this when I read this story. And I'm reminded that this grace-filled, abundant life is not one to be hoarded. The resurrected life is to be shared. In his conversation with Peter, Jesus links love for him with care for his people. Now, it's interesting, in this particular story, Jesus doesn't say, love your neighbor, like he does in so many other passages of scripture. He says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep. I hear this a bit differently. We extend love to others not only because they are in our community and we feel somehow responsible for them. We extend care to others because they belong to Christ and we belong to Christ. There is no better way to love him than to love his people. Christian love is more than thinking nice thoughts or expressing warm feelings. It is action. We extend the care of the shepherd. We bind up those who are wounded. We seek the lost and lonely. We offer protection to those who are most vulnerable. We love Jesus by working to ensure that every person has what he or she needs for life. This is not just feel-good politics. This is loving Jesus and living his resurrected life. So whatever we bring with us today to worship, whatever burden or weight that we carry. We know that Jesus meets us here. He is here to call you by name and to embrace you with God's healing mercy. He is here to open up possibilities where you see only dead ends. He is here to provide you with everything you need to share this abundant life. It is true that weeping may spend the night In this broken human life, it may spend many nights, but joy comes in the morning through the resurrection of Christ. For this we say, thanks be to God. Amen.